Please look to the west, for therein lies your future. There once was a place that offered so much promise, people gave up everything to stake their claim. That was the dream. Home sweet home. This was the reality. I'm, uh, you know, I'm anti-handgun. And they knew there was only one thing for them to do. Let's get ourselves a wagon master and go home. And only one man to help them do it. Why doesn't that reassure me? We leave at dawn. Noonish. Now they've started a trend. I say to a bunch of yellow-bellied eastern sissies, I wanted to go back and leave the west to the real men. Oh, Butch, get over yourself. That could be dangerous. If they thought going west was hard. Oh! Oh, 45! Going east is next to impossible. You're gonna die slow. Oh, please, that is so Dodge City. All right, then, let's kill some people. John Candy. Oh. And Richard Lewis. When the going gets tough, the tough stayed home. And the rest went east. They are going the wrong way. Wagons east. Are we there yet? Hello, I'm Chad, and this is Chris, and we are family. Fuck you, don't take my name away. We're starting over. <laughs> yeah. I say my own name. I'm Christopher. And we are fanboy and the snob. And today we're talking about. I gotta stop looking at this. Caravana al Este! Wagons East. Wagons East. I don't know why we chose this picture as the best poster. I just, I think it's the best. It's the best I like poster. the imagery because yeah. it basically has every scene in the movie. Well, I don't like it. the other one. I had uh, John Candy and the other guy. Uh, Richard Lewis. And I don't think he should have been next to John Candy. It should have been Dr. Cox. This was definitely the Dr. Cox Richard Lu uh, John, John Candy, Candy movie. Show. Yeah. yeah. They were good. They were the best characters in the movie. Um, they were the most interesting. Um, Robert Picardio, seen here as the Doctor in Star Trek. <laughs> I love doing this to you now. Um, my favorite character from Voyager, the only redeemable character from Voyager. Um, you have no idea. So, and I just want to explain it for context. So Voyager goes through a wormhole and winds up in the Gamma Quadrant, which is 500 years away from Earth, so there's no way they're making it back. And their doctor dies, so they activate the EMH, the Emergency Medical Hologram. He's only supposed to be active for 10 hours, but they keep him on. <laughs> for the so he becomes sentient and he starts to learn and they build a little device so we can actually walk around the ship and stuff and he be he learns to love opera he starts to paint like he becomes his own human and then he leads the holograms rights uh movement when he gets back to earth it's actually he's a really well written interest i'm not doing it justice wagons east how's this movie start off because i do not remember it starts off with <laughs> I believe they're at the bar, right? Robert Picardio's character getting robbed at a bank. And he goes, you know what? You deal with it. And he gives it to the yeah. bank robbers. <laughs> and he walks to a bar and he's like, you know, I'd really like a gin and tonic. And the guy pours him a shot of whiskey. <laughs> then it cuts to Dr. Cox, 
whose name I'm forgetting, but come on, it's Dr. Cox. We yeah. don't know Scrubs. Um, and he plays an incredibly flamboyant bookshop owner. <laughs> and a fat man runs in, who I think is Harry Bobby. Mm. And he's like, I need your thickest book. And he's like, well, we have Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and then he's like, how much for just Pride? And he's like, well, it's kind of a complete volume you're like we can't we don't want to separate the set well i gotta sample it first and, and he rips, rips the page, the page out. out and he <sighs> runs to the outhouse and dr cox is and he mortified runs to the fucking bar and he orders some ridiculous fucking drink some very incredibly like i remember he said he didn't say he was like sliced ice or something like that and he just gets whiskey right yeah and then he gets whiskey uh and then it cuts to a whore who's like, I'm sick of IOUs and people paying with rocks and shit. And then she sits down and goes, I want whiskey and just fucking slides <laughs> back the whiskey. And then it cuts to Richard Lewis, who finds his cattle have been stolen by a rustler. But well, wasn't the girl that bought the shop, the bride, the... The bride that married five guys. Yeah, she was bought. What Did she come that? before or after Richard? She... Oh. Anyway, let's do Richard, then do her. All right. So it cuts to Richard Lewis famed Jewish comedian, friend of Larry David, best, one of the better characters on Curb, uh, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Funkhauser is the best, but what are you going to do? Um, he walks up to a man selling cattle and he goes, those are mine. And the guy goes, what do you mean? And he goes, well, they've been branded with my symbol. And he goes, what's your symbol? And then it pans to the cow and it says, uh, Philip is his name. Just a, yeah, just a, like Phil's. Phil's cattle, like just branded in the side of him. This is the best part of the movie. to let you know what movie you're kind of going into. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So the guy's like, "How about we fight for it?" And Richard Lewis is like, "I don't even own a gun." So the guy gives him a gun. And he goes, "Ooh, I'm I'm, I'm anti handgun." And the guy's like, "I don't give a fuck." And he gives him the gun, and he's like, "We're doing ten paces." And he goes one. And he turns his back to Richard Lewis, and he goes one, two, three, four. What's that? What comes after four and a half and then he books it and he runs to the bar and he does a shot of whiskey and then it cuts to the pretty girl we didn't yeah. find her all that attractive because we're assholes i guess she's the mail order bride she was a mail order bride and she shows up to this house where everyone is just beating the shit out of each other and the guy who drove her there who is like the handsome hunk man is like are you sure you want to go in there we forget this character's name we never yeah. even bothered learning it but whatever, he's the fucking chiseled jaw, blue eyes, short. Scary movie, dude. Yeah. He was in Scary Movie 1. Yeah. Uh, he was the jock, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, he was the one that, uh, what's his name, was like lushing over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other guy was yeah. super gay for it. <laughs> uh, uh, why don't you put on this... Or no, he would make his girlfriend wear his the other guy's yeah, football, football uniform. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, I forgot about that joke until Scary just now. Great. The first one's amazing. The second one's good, too. Mm -hmm. And then it all goes downhill. My little hand. That was hilarious, but... My germs. <laughs> that was so gross. No, grab my little hand. It's my strong arm. <laughs> um, my yeah, mom. so she comes in. She's like, I'm looking for this person. I'm a male order bride. And everybody's like, hold on. I'll be the bigger man. And walk yeah. away. <laughs> what a great fucking line. So after uh, Sexy Man explains to... The woman like are you sure you want to go in she's like yeah maybe <laughs> she walks in the house 
all five brothers are beating the shit out of each other. And they're like, who the, who are you? And she goes, uh, I'm the mail order bride. Who's the groom? And all of them go, me. And she's like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, we couldn't afford, you know, one for each of us. So we all went in on one. And she's like, oh, God. You know, like she knows it. So she goes to the bar and just shoots the whiskey. It's, it's the three men order like dainty drinks. And yeah. then the two women are like whiskey. And they fucking throw it back like nobody's business. Then they all come to the realization. Sucks here. Fuck the West. <laughs> Let's go fucking East. East is where it's at. Wait, why was Zeke there? He's just probably in the bar. He was just there? Yeah. Zeke might be my favorite character. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone's having a memory and Zeke just has nothing. <laughs> so stupid. Up Zeke's, Zeke's whole character arc is to be like, there ain't something right about him. What do you mean, Zeke? I He's don't remember. He's the best exposition machine. Because his character's there. To give exposition, but he never gives any <laughs> exposition. <laughs> In fact, when they're like, Donner Party? No, Blitzen Party. You know? <laughs> like, his character is the exposition dump, but he never gives any information. <laughs> That's actually a fucking genius joke. God, this movie has so much good subtle humor. Oh, so they all get fucking wasted. They're all talking about going east. And then they're like, okay, well... We'll and then Zeke's like, later. Zeke's like, if we're going east, we need a sign. And then it starts raining. And they're like... Uh, is that a sign? And he's like, no. <laughs> it rains all the time, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so then thunder hits the weather vane and it impales a guy and fucking... And it impales a bartender. Yeah, it kills the bartender. <laughs> and fucking John Candy. Busted. What, what was his name? John Henry? No. Wallace? John Wallace? I can't remember. Something. John Candy. Let's just call him Candy. Candy walks in, and there's thunder and lightning, and he's standing big and proud. He's got his rifle and his saddle, and then he just falls face down. And Zeke goes, eh, works for me. Because he sees his little... <laughs> yeah, they see the like, telescope. Yeah, he's a wagon leader, and they're all like, is this good enough? And he's like, mm, all right. <laughs> and then John Candy wakes up, and uh, uh, Robert Picardio and uh, uh, John... Jer John? Ball guy? Jerry Lewis. Robert Picardio's ball guy. Jerry Lewis's mullet man. All right. Um, they're talking to John Candy about going. Well, they don't even say going east. They're like, we need a wagon leader. And he's like, I'm your man. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, do you have a map? And he's like, it's all up here. And then he goes over to like the dessert tray and he's like trying to like, <laughs> so this is the, this. And then like five seconds. No, wait, wait a minute. Wait, he, this one's not messed up enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> This is the Pawnee Nation. Wait, they aren't that organized. Hold on. And he gets like a muffin tray and he's like, this is the Pawnee Nation. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's like, they, they discuss to him like, we're going to go east. And he's like, well, I'm your man. Then he goes, I'll see you at dawn. Noonish. Noonish. And then he walks out. And then it cuts to Noonish. <laughs> And now all the wagons are lined up. The whore, Robert Picardio and his family, Jerry Lewis and his family, uh, the gay book owner, um, the job. woman and her five husbands. <laughs> yep. And they all get together on their wagons. And John Candy screams, wagons, ho! And he starts riding out. And everyone's like, wait! We're going east. You know the best part about that? What? 
He ended up taking him west by accident, but if they went the way he wanted, it would have been east. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like John Candy knew exactly what he was doing, but he wasn't confident in yeah. himself to, because he has a past. He doesn't eat meat. Keep that in mind. He yeah. don't eat meat. Not when he's drinking, and he hasn't stopped drinking in 20 years. <laughs> Imagine if they made like a serious movie out of this character. I think John Candy would pull it off. Yeah. Because, uh, what was I saying every 10 minutes, every single time he was on screen? Well, the, God damn, he no, can the best, The best thing with the John Candy scenes, pretty much, is every time there was a serious moment, it was his. And he would have like this little like line of dialogue and his facial expression the whole he, time. He would do the, the like, um, like the, the, you know, like perfectly. Yeah. It was always a close-up going to his face and everything, too. They knew what they he were was doing. so good. He was so good. I love the filming of this movie. I was telling you the whole time. It just looked like a Mr. Show sketch, the way they were, like, handheld. Can it was definitely low-budget as fuck. And I loved it for that because oh, yeah. it relied on the performance. Like, what what was I saying? Every time they cut to the uh, soundstage when they mm. were camping, I was like, look, you can see the wrinkles in the sheet. You know? like, But it didn't matter because... You weren't looking at the background, you were looking at the characters, yeah. because the characters were so interesting and engaging. Yeah, this movie did a good job with that. Like, even the silent priest character, who always just had a noose ready. <laughs> and he follows John Candy into the fucking... There was a couple times that they were talking about killing John Candy, and at one point, you just see John Candy, like, leaving them. And the, the priest guy with the noose is just following just them. Following... Then they have, like, a nice, like, faraway shot, you just have them both standing there. What about um, when they're like, we should kill him, and then she pulls up a noose instantly, like, wait, there ain't no trees, we can't hang him, and he puts the noose down, I'm upset. Yeah. Uh, I like how... Um, he disappears, like, halfway through the movie. I think he walks, when he crosses the bridge, he just he's, goes. he's just like, fuck this. <laughs> I like how uh, her five husbands slowly die throughout the film. And you always have that look of... And every too. time one of them dies, it cuts to a pretty boy and her, like, I like when they get tied up and they're facing each other and they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, this was back when spoof movies were good. Oh, it, it was back when it was like, hey, no agenda, just comedy. Yeah. You know, just comedy. And I hate to bring this up again, but it's a lot like The Hangover, just better done, where it's just comedy. Well, even with spoof movies, like, I feel like the last good spoof movie was probably Scare Movie 2. I know you like the third one for some reason. I don't like the third one. I just like the one joke where they cock the shovels like shotguns. Oh, it's yeah. literally, and then he fires it and the hang glider crashes. It's literally the only joke I like. <laughs> All right. Well, Scary Movie 2, I think, was the last good spoof movie. Because I disagree. Wow, what do you think was better? Movie 45? God, no. Spartan movie? No, give Super me a minute. Movie? And it was called Meet the Spartans starring Will Sasso, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like you just shit on one of your favorite actors because you're talking out of your ass. Hey, and Will Sasso was given a bad deal. I always said that his Asian suck teens pick better. The best spoof spoof movie. Spoof. This. The best this movie of recent times. I'm saying define recent times from the beginning of history. I no. I think scary movie two. Give me a time period. Give me a time period. The last good. So nineties till now. The last good spoof movie was Scary Movie 2. So any spoof movie after that was shitty. Unless not another team movie came out. Brightburn. Brightburn's not a spoof. It's a spoof on Superman. 
comedic spoof. Okay, comedic. Fuck now you. Yeah, fuck you. Unless not another teen movie came out after Scary Movie Two, because I fucking love that movie. Okay, if not another teen movie came out, not, all right. Fuck, fuck Scary Movie. I'm saying not another teen movie is better than Scary Movie. I'm saying that is the ultimate spoof movie. Not another teen movie is fucking so amazing. Good. Yeah, it's amazing. Dude, the scene where Chris Evans is looking at his picture and then he turns and smiles and it's him looking at his fucking picture. God damn, what a good joke. This movie has a lot of those kinds of jokes that I, I really enjoy. Just the quick, like, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss yeah. it. Like, uh, what was that one line where I geeked the fuck out? Um, shit, it was just a throwaway line from an extra. What was it? I don't remember. I know what we're talking about. Exactly. You know the scene. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, Grant. Grant's character was awesome. Which one was that? Uh, the general that wanted to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> His whole character. Dude, they fist fight for an entire day. <laughs> I need a bedtime story. No, I don't need a bedtime story. Lieutenant Bear needs a bedtime story. <laughs> well, yes, Colonel. Lieutenant Bear's favorite bedtime story is the boy lost in the woods. All right, Colonel. And a bear sure is excited. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's almost a whitest kids you know uh, civil war on drugs, where they meet Grant and he's he's drinking a bottle of whiskey, and then um he pukes into it and he's like oh shit I'm out of whiskey and then he's looking at them and he's going oh oh and they're like no 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 and he's like don't worry I got a second flask and then he drops it and then he looks at them and they're like no no and he's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Grant's a notorious alcoholic. Because, come on. <laughs> you don't send thousands of people to their death and not drink. Yeah, it's a little stressful. <laughs> little. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, shit. We've lost the plot, so let's just talk about things we really enjoyed. Yeah, it's pretty much the movie. It's just them going to discover just, that John Candy's character was the wagon leader at Donner Party, if you know anything spoilers. about Spoilers! They fucking got lost in the snow and had to eat each other. The Donner Party, they didn't get lost in the snow. The Donner Party um, tried to take a shortcut on the uh, Oregon Trail. Yeah. And uh, the wagon leader, historically historically straight up, was like, nah, let's stick to the path. And the Donner Party was like, well, we got this here map that says we can cut through here. And he was like, yep, you can cut through there, but it's about to snow. And they're like, fuck it. And they got snowed in and they had to eat. They ate their horses. They ate their clothes. Their then they ate themselves. One of the best things about Cannibal the Musical is there's a scene with uh, Matt Stone when they're about to eat their shoes. Like, I don't want to eat them shoes. Their feet was in them. Then the next time they have to eat when they kill somebody, he's just eating a foot. I like, um, I like the Futurama where they trap the monks in the closet. And the monks are like, we ate our shoes. Now we're bored. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they're using the telescope to find Bender when Bender's doing oh, the thing the where, he has, the civil, where yeah. he has the civilization on him and he leads both civilizations <laughs> to nuclear war and then he meets God and, and God's like, well, I just don't really listen. <laughs> life-changing uh, event for Bender. It was a life-changing event for me because I was like, you know what? God doesn't really listen. But... That, was, that was one of the wicked awesome series episodes. But, but then God heard Fry's prayer and sent Bender to him. Mm. So it's like, God listens sometimes. It's all happens of, cir- happens of circumstance. You gotta think in mind. If God is God of infinite, why the fuck would he pay attention to us? 
He's got everything else to worry about. So I think one of my favorite characters is definitely the Dr. Cox character. Yeah. And I'm so mad you sh showed me the trailer before this. I'm it just ruins. So sorry. Like spoilers to the a cool first scene. five seconds of the trailer or the. Basically, the whole movie is just uh, his character's very flamboyant. So very, he wants a cappuccino like machine. Artsy guy. No, not a cappuccino. A espresso, espresso. machine. Espresso. Espresso, not X. Espresso. You call yourself Italian. Um. <laughs> So he's like, I need my books and my espresso, and he's oh, when they're taking off on the wagon, you just see the espresso machine. In the yeah, back. yeah, yeah. And he's so gay, and like he's washing the pretty boy, and he's like, oh. <laughs> he looks down, and he's like, oh, usually in the cold water, mine does the opposite. Yeah, yeah. He looks, he turns around and sees Doctor Cox completely naked. He looks down, and he goes, oh wow, in cold water, mine does the opposite. Talking about how Doctor Cox is fucking rock hard washing this guy. <laughs> And the, and the whole time, like, you're like, wow, this Dr. Cox character is fucking gay as shit. And then they get captured by um, Mirror Glasses guy. Which sucks, because he had a shotgun with all those people and he just ties them all up. Right. So how many times? He was like a wily e. Coyote villain. Yeah. And he was, like, doing dumb shit. And then he finally gets in a position where he's able to capture them. And he captures everyone but Dr. Cox's character. He just comes out. He's just, like, chilling somewhere. Dr. Cox's character comes out hands on pistols in the ready position he goes oh sweetie you know <laughs> i love how instead of like having just a little bandana as like yeah like the, the gay big fucking... yeah he had the clint eastwood yeah the poncho. it was all like the ridiculous bandana but instead design, of being though. clint eastwood's like uh like brown and beige poncho it's like it's flamboyant. red bandana yeah, yeah it's flamboyant as fuck <laughs> he's just like oh sweetie and then he goes and then the guy's like oh and then they 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 stand ready and then dr and he goes, what was that? He goes, honey, honey, that was a warning shot. And he goes, oh, and he goes, well, uh, I don't care about warning shots. And he's like, that one's lodged about six inches in your abdomen. And then you look and he hit him dead center. <laughs> and he's like, now listen, you need to get medical attention. <laughs> you know? And he's like trying to reason with the guy. The guy's like, I don't care. And as soon as he reaches for his gun, this doctor cautious, he does the walk forward, just head to toe. And it's fucking. And he remember when he kills him? Happy Valentine's Day. And then you see his it's bullet wounds, <laughs> his heart in his chest, and he dies. And that's when everyone goes, "Cool, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you're a complete badass." Yeah, they gotta be sticking with him. Uh, There's fashion sense and protection. Fashion sense, protection, everything, man. Way to get one of those big. <laughs> for for a gay character, for a character as openly flamboyant and homosexual him being badass felt justified yeah. because because they always hinted at him he would always reach for his gun when they were they, they always they always hinted that he was ready to draw he was ready to shoot like you know what i mean like they always hinted that he knew his way around a gun he just didn't want to yeah like remember when they all have the rifles and he just like instantly everyone else is like fumbling with their rifles and he's just like yeah i know what i'm doing <laughs> and he knew the lieutenant mm. which means he was in the army you know he was my favorite character. Yeah. Him and uh, Big Snake were funny. What was Little Feather? Little Feather. Dad, I don't like that name. Okay. I was really hoping they were going to do that once they said Little Feather. I'm like, oh, so that was going to go. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, like, some of the characters are forgettable, but then you have some of the good ones, like John Candy's character. He wasn't 
I don't think he got he a lot leaves of... the movie yet. Yeah, like I was about to say, he doesn't have a lot of screen time in the movie compared to But like when he's characters. on screen, it's him. John Candy show. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like, what I was saying is, he's such a good actor that when he's giving the other actors opportunities, he's still stealing the scene because mm-hmm. he's just... You know, like, it's just... Like, the I don't know how to explain it, but, like, his concerned face is so good. Well, he got very, like, good at being able to, like, go for that funny, jolly guy to doing just total, it's, like, 180. It's that scene in the diner in Planes, Trains. You yeah. know, when we put our heads together, we make an awful team. You know, like, yeah. it's... That's why I'm saying, like, every scene where you're supposed to be serious tonight, he had, like, that moment. <laughs> yeah. He played the uh, straight man, which is weird for John Candy. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's perfect for John Candy. It was weird. Like, I was watching this, and I'm like, I know it's John Candy, but it doesn't look like John Candy. Because it's like, I feel like it, it, that character is against type of what my impression of what John Candy is. But he nailed it. Yeah, he did a good job. Richard Lewis kind of sucked in this movie. He was just playing a whiny Jew the whole time. Well, that was the point. Like, even his cowboy uniform is his, like, big business oversized suit. business suit that he yeah. used to wear on stage. Robert Picardio was supposed to play that, well, I don't trust you. And he did it pretty well. Yeah. Zeke's character was funny as shit. <laughs> like, they're doing a scene where they square the wagons up. You're supposed to do a diamond shape when a cavalry's charging at you. But they square it up so the cavalry can just hit the front and plow right through. Um... So they're all having, like, as the cavalry's charging, it cuts to every character remembering their fondest moments. And then it cuts to Zeke, and he's like... And he, like, scratches his beard, and there's no, like, flashback. And I was like, that's funny as shit, because the whole movie is about Zeke having really bad memory. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, literally, it cuts to, like, Richard Lewis, like, hey, I'm good at surgery again. Robert Picardio, hey, I'm a hero, or whatever. It cuts to Billy Bob, like, I fucked my cow. And then it cuts to <laughs> Zeke, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a good joke. That's a, that's a good example of the rule of three not applying. Because, mm. like, you think the joke is, oh, this guy's remember fucking his cow. And then they show you another one, and you're like, that's way funnier than the guy fucking his cow. The fucking the cow thing was just... It was, I feel, it was there to have the Donner Party joke. Yeah. Because at one point, they, the little Winnie Tunes villain guy comes and gets rid of the water and everything. They don't have any food. So they go. They're all freezing and everything. Cause it ends up snowing out. Right. And that's when John Candy leaves, and they're all like, Oh no. And this is after the Zeke remembered about After him. Zeke was like, yeah, the Blitzen party. I mean, Donner. So all of a sudden, the next scene, you just see them roasting food over a fire and everything. And it kind of looks human. Yeah, the way it's all lined And one up. of the brothers is missing. Yeah. What was it, like Clayton or something? Clayton. Oh, I can remember that, but I can't remember the main They're character. They're like, where's Clayton? <laughs> and everyone's freaking out about Clayton. They're like, don't eat it, don't eat it. And then Clayton and walks around like, the corner. Someone's like, where's my brother Clayton? And he goes, I'm right here. And he was like, just off camera. One of y'all stole my cow. He was, he was literally like, so the framing is like this. Clayton's right here. So the camera just goes, <laughs> and there he is. And he's like, someone stole Bessie. And then uh, Dr. Cox, mm, Bessie. You know, like, he knows exactly what's going on. Everybody was shocked when they found out it was the... The cow, the they cow. were like, all right. <laughs> and then Robert Picardio has to apologize to John Candy. <sighs> it was 
Like, I don't know if this is a great movie. I'm telling you, it's a great movie. <coughs> I think it's a great movie. This yeah. humor is right up my alley. Alley. Because, um, uh, um, General Grant, mm. was, like, he came in in the third act, and his character was so good. Like, just the, wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. When he's like, all right, man. Let's go kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so matter-of-fact. It's like, why are they shooting back? The problem with a lot of comedian and actors now is we don't have the good character actors. They try to be funny at well, all times. It's not even that. They all think they're hot shit, so they want to yeah. be like the one-note guys. But, like, even... Not even the one-note guys, but it's like knowing that sometimes... Like, all right, man, let's go kill some people. It all It's all about how you deliver it. This movie reminded me of uh, Men in Tights. Yeah, this was the a, kind of the kind of like humor, not dry humor, just very humor. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Monty Python with the "run away" line that they casually throw out all the time, or the Knights of Knee, where they're like, "We want a shrubbery," and he's like, "All right, but not too tall, not too tall, kind of thick," you know, like <laughs> like just that kind of delivery. Yeah, yeah, like the the I'm insecure about what I'm asking. I like that. Why? Well, Why talk like that nowadays? The funny, the, the the problem is all the funny people are gone. I hate to say it, but like Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill might have been the last. Because Superbad was really fucking good. Yeah, but Jonah Hill sucks now. Yeah, and so does Michael Sarah. That's what I'm saying. No, Michael Sarah doesn't suck. He's doing indie stuff. Remember Jash? Jash. Exactly. Let him do what he wants. Jash isn't, according to Sarah Silverman. An artist collective of individuals working together for one goal. Comedy. And then Norm goes, it's fucking bullshit. And I was like, yeah, Norm. <laughs> Sounds like communism to me. Like, <laughs> fucking love you, Norm. So basically the movie, and, so the main villain in the movie is J.P. Morgan. <laughs> just being a fucking scumbag like he has been. Yeah, we didn't even mention the whole plot of them being like, we can the have fact them that go to the East, we need to stay to the West, so we make our money. Right, because they have a hundred million, which is kind of accurate, a hundred million dollar loan from the U.S. government to incentivize people to run west, which then J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, uh, Rothschilds, they just embezzled the money and didn't help anyone out and started a bunch of wars with Indians because they're evil. Uh, so J.P. Morgan like hired a bunch of people. <laughs> oh my god, I forget about a really good joke. He hires a gang of Rough Riders to chase them. And the whole movie is like, anytime it shows them traveling, the main party, it shows the writers chasing them. And then when it finally gets to the end of the movie, the writers show up on the coast and they go, ah, shit. And it's like, <laughs> they went west, not east. And they're just out of the movie from that point on. I thought that joke was really good. But yeah, they eventually wind up uh, going east and JP Morgan freaks out about it and they make it successfully. Yeah. And they walk by with all the fucking... Yeah, they're doing one of those land grab things and J.P. Morgan... Ignore them! But And everyone does. And they all run west and they slaughter all the Indians. And it's fucking... It's like a happy to really horrible ending. But I feel like because Dr. Cox went back to the Pawnee people, I bet he, I bet he helped. I bet he helped. <laughs> I have to go back west. San Francisco. <laughs> go San Francisco. Some low hanging fruit right there, but it's perfect. Yeah. This was a, this was a really good '90s comedy. <laughs> One of my favorites. Definitely a lot different than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to say this: this I think was my first John Candy film. 
Really? That I, I saw this when I was homesick from like middle school, right? Which would be the perfect time to see this on Comedy mm-hmm. Central. And I remember being like, that fat guy's fucking funny. <laughs> and then I saw the credits in memory of John Candy, and I was like, who the fuck is John Candy? And then I Googled it, and I... I was like, this was his last movie, and I can't believe this. It was good! Not saying it... <sighs> what would you have rather? You would... All right, put it this way, audience. It was a choice between Uncle Buck and this, and he went with this, so... Because I was in the mindset to watch a con- like this kind of movie. Shut up. No, I don't think he was giving his chance to shine fully before he died. So seeing like him do a like, goofy comedy like this... So wait, this, are you saying his death was a tragedy? Because we all agree. It's pretty tragic, I guess. I think this was a good movie for him to end on because he got a lot of really good scenes. Yeah. Like, remember when uh, the prostitute hits on him? And, and and it starts off as a slapstick scene where he puts the oil on his face, and you're like, oh, it's going to be this scene. But then he's like, listen, I, I would love to have sex with you, but I can't afford it. However, when we do get into town, I do get... I'll be, and then she gets mad at him that... And then later it's paid off where he's like, look, I don't see you as a whore. And she's like, oh, I love you. You know? Like, it, you know? Yeah. It was a good scene because the way he takes his hat off and he's like, well, um, he's John Candy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he got his moment to shine, but he, boy, was he big in this movie. Bigger than he was in planes for sure. Yeah. There were certain scenes when I showed him by the side and it was just like, and it was like heart attack city. Yeah. Bummer. Take care of yourselves. So anyway, Neelix is the chef on Star Trek Voyager, and he's this annoying little Hobbit character. And in the movie, he plays J.P. Morgan's assistant, who's like an annoying little Hobbit character.